0: that you would die today, you saw the face of God and love. Would you change? Would you change? If you knew that love can't break your heart, when you're down so low, you cannot fall. Would you change? Would you change? How bad, how good does it need to get? How many losses, how much regret? What chain reaction would cause an effect? Makes you turn around, makes you try to explain you forgive and forget
1: Every conversation That's my soul you see yeah. Every sign of love Everything starts on the inside before it comes
2: My name is Jenny Afkinich, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. I am a member of your Board of Trustees, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to worship today at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their land that we in Columbia reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty Minister, as well as a talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians and other professional staff. Much appreciation goes out to the many lay leaders and volunteers, whose incredible efforts and dedication help to keep us connected. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whomever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests joining worship this morning. We encourage you to fill out the visitors form in the lobby or online and connect with others in the virtual or the in-person social hours after the service so that we may meet and welcome you. Finally, for those attending worship in the sanctuary here at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center this morning, please take a moment to silence your cell phones and other electronic devices. We have four announcements this morning. Are you a newcomer who is looking to get more connected with others? Are you interested in learning more about UUCC and Unitarian Universalism? Join staff member, Sarah Davidson and other staff and congregants for a six week drop-in style newcomer class series continuing today at 1130 in the teen room downstairs. Today's class will be led by Robin Slaw, and the topic will be faith development. HOCO Pride is coming up next Sunday from 11 to 6 p.m. at Meriwether Park at Symphony Woods in Columbia. UUCC will have a booth and we need more folks to sign up to represent UUCC by volunteering at our booth. Sign up to help at our booth at the visitors table after the service or by using the Sign Up Genius link in this past Friday's weekly tapestry e-newsletter. All are welcome to join Reverend Paige and guest facilitator, Reverend Lynn Cox, for a free two-part Caring Congregation Workshop this Saturday, October 8th. The morning session will focus on cultivating caring community. We will share lunch together, provided for all participants on the OBIC patio. And the afternoon session will focus on on advanced listening skills. Register by this Thursday if you plan to attend. And finally, a reminder that the auction team continues to gratefully accept your donations for this year's auction set for Saturday, November 12th. Visit the auction webpage to submit your donation. Thank you.
3: Good morning,
4: everyone. My name is Regina Vero. I am your worship associate today. I use she, her pronouns. Our guest speaker today is Adrian L.H. Graham. Adrian is a member of the First Unitarian Church of Baltimore and a lover of human culture, especially as manifested through food, music, language and religious expression. Considering himself a evangelist, He has served, isn't that fantastic? He has served as director of communications and membership at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Rockville since 2016 and is currently pursuing a Master of Divinity degree at Wesley Theological Seminary in Washington, DC. He was elected by the 2021 General Assembly to serve on the UUA Commission on Appraisal. So we have a few housekeeping notes before we start. First, I want to welcome any newcomers. If you are here in the sanctuary today, please let us know that you've joined joined us so we can greet you afterwards. We have a visitor's table um, directly outside the sanctuary. Please stop by so that we know you're new and we can say hello. We're glad you're here. If you need a hearing assisting device here in the sanctuary, they are available from the tech team in the booth back there. You can just go back and get a listening device from them. Our order of service is available online using either the link in the chat or the QR code on the screen now. Um, Sometimes there's a few copies in the back. I don't know if that's true today, but, oh, yep, I'm seeing, yes, there are. Um, If you have a personal joy and sorrow, or sorrow, we will honor them during the service. Uh, If you are in the sanctuary, you can write them in the book in the back, or you can email joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net. Finally, if you are at home, now is a great time to get everything you may need for the service. If you have a small bowl with water and stones, a chalice or a candle, it would be great for you to grab those now. And now I'd like to invite everyone at home and here in the sanctuary to settle in comfortably and take a deep breath as we hear the ringing of the bell calling us into worship. Ren, would you like to come up and light the chalice for us today, please?
3: We are gonna get another set of matches. Excuse us.
5: I've never seen a lighter like that before. I'd be challenged to. (laughs) Thank you for your patience.
3: Last one works. Success.
5: Thank (laughs) Thank you, Ren and Regina. Our chalice lighting words this morning are from Eric Walker Wickstrom, and they are called "Why We Are Here." Here today in this place and with these people, may we listen so that we can hear. May we hear so that we can feel. May we feel so that we can know. And may we know so that we can change ourselves and this world. May this chalice we light Light our way. Please make yourselves comfortable for singing. For some of you, that might mean standing, uh, for others, it might be lifting your spirits in song as we uh, sing our opening hymn, number 209 Oh, come, you longing, thirsty souls. <laughs>
6: Thank awesome.
4: please stay standing (laughs) try not to do that to you too often tonight today (laughs) um and now please join me in speaking our congregational covenant strengthened by our common humanity and inspired by our seven principles we promise to be a safe and welcoming community to nurture each other's hearts and spirits to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual values, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. And now we will take a moment to look around and greet our neighbors. Remember to greet some of the people who are joining us online.
0: You need to do this.
1: You yes. need I do
4: I Hi Jim.
1: Oh, hi Brian. Hi, hi.
4: Hi, nice to see you, Bob.
3: Oh, yes. I hope oh, the wow. surgery went well. I think oh, it did. Hi Bob. Good, good, Bob. Morning. Oh. good morning. Good, good, good morning, all. Oh. Hello, Natalie.
7: Hello. Hello. Hi. Bob. Hi,
3: Hi. <laughs> from your
7: face. Pay my card, and then
3: you pay me. Hello, Riley. One screen. I have a problem.
8: Good morning, everyone. Um, I'd like to invite any children that are here to come down to the front if they would like to come down. And I have a story about one of my children. I did get permission to tell this story. But I'm wondering how many of you here anywhere in the room like cheeseburgers? Would you raise your hand if you like cheeseburgers? there are a lot of people that like cheeseburgers here this morning. I am really glad to see that because I love cheeseburgers. But when my children were young, they didn't like cheeseburgers. Yeah, what? Right. (laughs) Exactly. So um, I didn't like it so much because you know, I didn't want to cook two meals every, every, every time I wanted a cheeseburger. So basically, I never ate cheeseburgers unless we were out to eat. But then <laughs> one day, my daughter surprised me. She was the youngest. She was pretty young. I think she was probably second or third grade. She had a, maybe she was a little bit older than that because she came home from a sleepover at her best friend's house. And she said to me, mommy, I like cheeseburgers now. (laughs) What, (laughs) how did this happen? Well, they made cheeseburgers at Claire's house and I wanted to be a polite guest. So I ate the cheeseburger, but when I ate it, I realized I actually liked it. Hmm. So, I was happy because now I could make cheeseburgers. And once my older daughters realized that my youngest daughter liked cheeseburgers, they were like, oh, maybe we should try them too. And lo and behold, everybody in the family decided they could at least tolerate cheeseburgers, if not actually like them. So we did that. Um, Today, we're talking about how sometimes You have to let something go before you can absorb new things. And so my daughter had to give give up the idea that she didn't like cheeseburgers. And she did it because she wanted to be kind to the parents of her friend. So she didn't do it for herself. She did it to be nice to somebody else. I think that's kind of a nice thing to do, right? So. We're gonna try another experiment because sometimes we need to do other things for change. And so all of you that are here, I want you to really solidly plant yourself the way you are, all of you in the chairs, do the same thing. And without moving the bottom half of your body, I want you to turn only your head, try to hold your shoulders and everything still, as far as you can and look and, and find a point, the furthest point that you can see behind you, only turning your head. And then when, once you know what it is, you can see out of the corner of your eye. Come back to the front. And I'm going to take you through a little bit of a guided meditation. So close your eyes. And I want you to visualize the muscles in your neck stretching. And I want you to just imagine that you're going to turn your head. And when you turn it the next time, you're still just visualizing in your mind, you're not looking yet, you're going to see more. And then I want you to visualize turning your head up to the front again. And then still with your eyes closed, I want you one more time to imagine turning your head and those muscles stretch, and you're going to see even further. And then I want you in your mind to come back to the front, and now I want you to open your eyes, and I want you to give it a try, and I want you to turn your head and see as far as you can see. And then, would you raise your hand if you can see more? Look at that. That was just the power of our mind. Maybe it was a little bit of stretching the second time that went further, but. But when I do this with children, they're always amazed because they can see a lot more just from the power of your mind thinking, I can change, I can do more. That's a pretty powerful thing. So letting go of old ideas to be able to absorb new ideas. We have two ways to think about that. Now we can decide to let go of old ideas because we want to be kind to somebody. Who has a different belief than us or we can visualize ourselves stretching a little bit more and maybe we'll be able to visualize ourselves absorbing a new idea that we didn't think made sense before so i wonder how you might be able to use those tools in your life I wonder if you might learn to eat a new food by trying it to be kind to somebody. And I wonder who might be able to see further and see new ideas, if you're willing to open up to new possibilities. So would you join me all in singing the children out? We're going to go do a scavenger hunt. So if you want to meet me back by the doors, that would be great.
6: wonderful to meet a brand new day,
2: learn to see the
6: light within you as we send you on
7: your way. Good morning, everybody. My name is Lorian Havoc, and I use she, her pronouns. The reading this morning is by the Reverend Rob Hardy's and is of acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. I used to think of spiritual growth as a process of growing closer to God in a vertical kind of way. I took the image from Jack and the Beanstalk. We're here on the earth, God is up in the heaven and spiritual growth means growing like that beanstalk, higher and higher, ever closer to God. But in that model, we end up with our head in the clouds, a recipe for retreat. Spiritual growth isn't about a vertical ascent to heaven, but about growth in every dimension at once. It's spirituality in 3D. Growth in spirit doesn't measure one's proximity to a God above, but rather the spaciousness of one's own soul, its volume, its capacity, its size. We need to grow souls that can encounter the other as a unique subject, not an object. In the words of Martin Buber, a thou, not an it. We need souls that can take in the world in all its complexity and diversity, yet still maintain our integrity. And we need souls that can love and be in relationship with all of this complexity. Instead of fight or flight, we
4: need a spiritual posture of embrace. This religious community exists by its mission as a fire exists by burning, but a fire cannot burn without fuel. And it is the time, the energy, the imagination, the vision, the creativity, the compassion, the love, and the financial support of members and friends of this community that fuels our mission to nurture and sustain a welcoming inclusive and diverse liberal religious community that transforms lives and serves the world your support the free and generous support of each and every member and friend of this community is what fuels it and its mission And without your support, the flame of justice, community and love cannot burn brightly to warm ourselves and be a beacon in a world threatened by division and fear. I invite you to be generous with your contributions and the sharing of your abundance. You can drop your offering in the basket at the back of the sanctuary, or if you're watching online, instructions for donating will be up on your screen. The offering will now be gratefully received. Thank you Tom that was lovely. The practice of sharing our joys and sorrows is a custom in our congregation where one can publicly and openly share a significant meaningful event that has deeply touched their lives. As I read the joys and sorrows I encourage you to listen deeply and lovingly. We are made mindful of the sacredness of this ritual when we cast a stone in the bowl of communal water The ripples it forms symbolize how our lives touch one another. During the music meditation, for those of you who are in the sanctuary, you are welcome to come up and drop a stone silently
3: for all those joys and sorrows that you hold in your heart. And Jody's gonna put one last stone
4: in for all that remains on our hearts.
5: Please join me for a moment of prayer or meditation. If you feel so moved, you may lower your eyes, your head, whatever posture feels comfortable for you. Spirit of life, come. Let this be a time of comfort and a time of growth for us all. We arrive in this moment with many cares and concerns on our minds and hearts and in our spirits. Help us to heal and to let go of that which ails us help us to find and receive that which sustains us. We pray today for those in our local communities who are in need, may their needs be met. We pray too for communities around our country and around the world beset by hurricanes, hunger, poverty, war, disaster and cruelty. May they all find peace. May we all find peace. May we find in ourselves the will and resource to make real lasting difference in the world. May we be the beginning of that peace as you are its source. The world will not change until we do. These things we ask in the name of all that is holy. May they come to pass. Amen. As we listen to our music meditation, you are invited to come forward and to add a stone to the dish to honor your own joys and sorrows, following a moment of silence, and then after everyone has placed their stones, we will remain seated and sing hymn number 1002 together,
3: Comfort Me. Come forward.
6: Comfort me, comfort me, comfort me, oh my soul, comfort me, comfort me, comfort me.
5: Comfort me, oh, my soul. It's in here somewhere. (laughs) Let go and grow. I belong to a group of Unitarian Universalist religious professionals that gathers once a month over Zoom in a spiritual practice we call Exploring the Divine. For the past two years, we have rotated the role of presenter, such that every time we gather a different person guides our exploration of what the divine is, what God is, and how we have experienced this reality in our lives since last we met. Sometimes we simply have a discussion around a particular aspect of divinity, and what we understand that word to point to. Sometimes we engage in ancient spiritual practice together, such as Lectio Divina, in an effort to grasp what is difficult to express. Sometimes we, uh, okay, sometimes I make something up on the spot, (laughs) trusting that whatever comes out will be what is needed at that particular time for that particular group of people, trusting the movement of the spirit of life to help us find meaning in our time together. This month, as in last week, it turned out that I was up to lead us again, and for a variety of reasons, I had not prepared much at all ahead of time for how the evening would unfold. It was a moment for me to, as my faith tradition of origin would put it, let go and let God. Being in seminary and also belonging to a group largely made up of other people who also went to seminary, I took advantage of the situation and steered our conversation toward the theological. I asked questions like, is Unitarianism, meaning literally the belief in one god is unitarianism still a necessary theological position for unitarian universalists and is universalism meaning literally the belief in universal salvation however we understand that is universalism still a necessary theological position for unitarian universalists and Is the divine both transcendent and imminent? What does that look like experientially for Unitarian Universalists? Sounds like a fun conversation, right? (laughs) Most of us who are religious professionals do not get to go to church very often. So gathering in groups such as exploring the divine is one way that we can meet our need for the spiritual practice of engaging in community. To those of you here today who are not religious professionals, and I suspect that there are many of you, I say thank you for engaging in this community of faith as part of your own faith formation and that of the others here with you. For a tradition that is creedless and free such as ours it is important for our ideas to be refined by the fire of covenanted communities within the larger tradition as we remind ourselves each time we light this symbol of our faith the flaming chalice in addition to being a seminarian and aspirant to unitarian universalist ministry as you heard earlier in my bio, I am privileged to serve the UU congregation of Rockville as its director of communications and membership. Though my role and title are in the process of being changed, I will soon be called Director of Congregational Engagement, and I can tell you about that some other time. My favorite, favorite, favorite part of my job is accompanying new folks through our new to UU class. And if I was listening correctly, it sounds like you have one happening right now here In our New to UU class, I ask participants to explore and share their spiritual journeys with each other and they have the opportunity to ask questions to learn both about Unitarian Universalism and each other along the way. There is something that is both intimately unique and yet universal about our religious experiences that never leaves me wanting. How many of you here have gone through such a class? Okay, a few of you, a few of you, that's good. I think it's a great opportunity. So if you haven't had a chance to do that or a class similar to it, I would encourage you uh, to do so. In our setting, I try to teach as much of the basics of Unitarian Universalism as I can through things that participants will have already encountered about us. For one quick example, You don't have them in front of you but the cover do i have one i don't have one the cover of the what we call the gray hymnal thank you tom (laughs) here it is the gray hymnal what is the actual title of this hymnal for those of you who can't see from this far away singing the living tradition (laughs) It's good to have props sometimes. (laughs) I want you to take a moment to silently reflect to yourselves on this question. What does it mean to be part of a living tradition? Well, I thought about it, (laughs) so one way that we can understand tradition is that it is a shared practice or a community that lingers over time. And living, living can be understood to mean moving, flowing, changing, and growing over time. So maybe our living tradition is a shared community of practice that moves, flows, changes, and grows over time. Does that sound okay? is that a fair assessment good i just want to make sure we're following along (laughs) one of the ways that we are asked to keep our faith tradition our unitarian universalism alive is to periodically review and reassess statements of our shared values such as our collective principles and purposes in this moment congregations have been asked to consider adopting an eighth principle, for example, explicitly stating our commitment to dismantling racism and ending systems of oppression. I've seen on your website that UUCC has adopted a resolution toward that goal. Though I have been here many times for special occasions, I admit that I don't really know this congregation. But based on my observation in other spaces, I imagine that that may have been a challenging change for some. Maybe for some of you, our current seven principles and purposes, well, seven principles and six purposes, were the things, no, that's not right, six sources. Our seven principles and our purposes and our six sources were the thing that brought us to this faith and gave us a new perspective that truly saved us, that made us feel more whole, more complete, more alive. I first became UU in 1999 and have been saved and saved again by our message of love, acceptance, and celebration. Or as the Reverend Rob Hardy's put it in today's reading, by our spiritual posture of embrace. But once we have found that embrace, many of us stop there. We want to cling to that newfound sense of possibility, holding it close for as long as we can. In my own story, that meant that I had finally found a community that would, unlike the Christian church I grew up in, accept me in all of my queer glory, which manifested in me as a disdain for Christianity. Perhaps, perhaps this resonates for some of you in your own stories. As our third principle encourages, Unitarian Universalism accepted me as one of the flock, just as I am. Yet, what of encouragement to spiritual growth? Is acceptance all that we have to offer one another? I might offer that at times we are not even really good at accepting one another, but that's a different sermon for another day. (laughs) So what about growth? Remember that gray hymnal? Ours is a living tradition, a shared community of practice that moves, flows, changes, and grows over time, which means that we, too, ought to move, flow, change, and grow over time. When we grip too tightly to the way things are, we stop changing. We stifle growth We cease to live. Here's a question for you. How many of you want to stagnate? Don't raise your hands. (laughs) That was a rhetorical question. (laughs) We can't stay as we are, either individually or as a community of faith. We have to let go. If we want to grow in 3D, as Reverend Hardy's put it, and adopt a spiritual posture of embrace. So what does a posture of embrace look like? In my mind's eye, I see arms open wide, receptive to what may come. To make room enough to receive means that those arms need to let go of something. Some of you may be thinking, Spirituality and religion need not be a zero-sum game and that we can be a people that is both and. And I would agree. We don't need to erase all that we are and tabula rasa, begin from nothing in order to embrace a greater future. We must find those places that have become stagnant and revivify them or else let them die and pass away. As an aside, I recently served on a jury for a civil trial in a medical practice and wrongful death lawsuit. One of the many things that we learned is that when tissue dies in the body, it has to be removed in order for healthy tissue to heal properly. Left in place, illness spreads and causes further damage leading to cell death in healthy tissue. Yes, we must revivify or let what is dead pass away. And like anyone preparing for major surgery, this can be a scary proposition, a scary choice. How do we find the courage, the bravery, the trust, to allow the surgeon and the scalpel to do their healing work? Black American writer James Baldwin is quoted to have said, any real change implies the breakup of the world as one has always known it, the loss of all that gave one identity, the end of safety. Change, the unknown, the new can all be scary for us. We are people of faith, living in a society where formal religious adherence is on the decline, but perhaps I might argue where spiritual practices are at least holding steady, if not increasing. To see where this is taking place requires that we let go of our expectations for what it looks like. Perhaps it looks like my exploring the divine group or some other such small group ministry. Perhaps it looks like friends gathering regularly over a meal and sharing deeply from their lived experiences. Perhaps it looks like decentering one's own privilege and struggling alongside those who are oppressed or assuming a receptive posture of embrace. I noticed in your covenant uh, that you name struggle together as one of your values, and I, I appreciated that. Like it was for Robin's daughter in today's time for all ages, bravery is often made possible when we let go of our own stuff and allow concern for the other to take center stage. Do you think that we can do that? Maybe you'll find out that you really like cheeseburgers. <laughs> if, you, if you just let go of, of your preconceived notions about what that is. Salvation is a word that doesn't get used in UU spaces very often. Well, it didn't used to, but I think it's becoming more common as we let go of our collective baggage around such language and grow into a healthier understanding of what it can mean for us. I think that salvation means a move toward greater wholeness and integrity. I also think that salvation is not something that we do on our own, by ourselves, for ourselves, but that we offer it to one another in community. And as a community of faith, we are doing that work, or at least we're trying to. The Unitarian Universalist Association has assembled A commission to review the UUA bylaws that document that houses our statements of principles and purposes and sources perhaps you are aware of their ongoing efforts in any case it is our responsibility our responsibility as stewards of this tradition to give them our feedback and to guide us all on the way forward towards that wholeness and integrity indicative of a faith that lives with its times and does not linger over long in the past. As individuals, we must identify those things that we grip too tightly to and engage in practices that will allow us to let go and to grow. For example, can we let go of the need for perfection. If I didn't, I wouldn't have made it here this morning. (laughs) Can we let go of the need for power and share the power that we have with others? Can we let go of the idea that worship is only real if it happens in person? I think we may have accepted that last one, (laughs) hard as the transition may have been. And we are the better for having done so. Friends, we are building a new way together. We are on a journey in a living tradition that is relevant to the lives of so many people. As I said, it has saved me many times, and it continues to save me. Don't let our faith lie stagnant. Let it move. Let it grow. Let it live. Let go and grow together. Amen, and may it be so. Please join me in our closing hymn, number 1017, Building a New Way. Please rise as you are able.
6: We are built.
5: everywhere from Amy Zucker Morgenstern. In every person we meet, especially those who cause us discomfort, we find an opportunity for us to grow, to learn, to go further along the path of transformation that is our purpose in life. Every single one is our teacher. May the next week bring you many such moments of meeting that help you become the person you want to be, and may you
3: welcome them with joy.
5: We extinguish this flame, but not its meaning and mission in our hearts. Our time together has come to an end. Go in peace, be of service to one another, and may you move through the world in love for all of your days. Go in peace. Lately I've been
9: going nowhere Keep getting in my own way Nobody but myself to blame Never is the answer. I'm never gonna make it far. It feels my only northern star. So I'm trying to not be afraid. Yeah, I'm learning to trust myself, anyways. I've lost too much time and joy that can never be replaced. So I'm choosing to take. Chances every day Every new day brings opportunity To be better than I was before And love myself a little more Don't need to have all the answers To be ready to make a change No, I don't wanna live this way So I'm trying to not be afraid Yeah, I'm learning to trust myself anyways I've lost too much time and joy That can never be replaced So I'm choosing to take chances every day There's no guarantee I'm trying to not be afraid Yeah, I'm learning to trust myself anyways I've got so much time and joy to give And new memories to make So I'm choosing to take chances every day